the State of the New York Nick podcast, episode 143. I got my guy for the first time in the building, Sports Vibes TV, run his own network on YouTube. Knicks fan, Giants fan, Mets fan. Did I did did I get it right? <laughs> you got it right, bro. All facts. All right, back. All right, back. How you been, man? How you doing, bro? Long time no speak, man. Facts, man. I'm good. I'm good. The Knicks, we in the playoffs. We got that fourth seed, so I'm feeling great right now, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I should be happier than what I am, honestly. Um, but I'm reserved right now because I want to, I want to see what happens in the playoffs, and I want to see what happens in the whole season. So I'm gonna just wait before I just start pounding my chest. <laughs> it's funny you say that because two, two things. One, I don't fault you for not being super hype about way we got in because i feel like we didn't have the proper energy going against the celtics that should have been a game where we ran them off the court from start to finish so the fact that it got a little close there at the end uh, i think it gives me a little bit of pause because we can't come out like a days ago like that against the hawks so i feel you on that one it's you know what it was i think randall was just coasting that game um we was up big and we, we had a big lead. I think it was about 20 points. And then they just started coming back. And I was like, oh, man, here we go again. And I was hoping that Obi Toppin could play a whole quarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see quiet that. for that. Yeah, it was quiet, man. That lineup was getting ate up. <laughs> and see, then- but what hurts me is the fact that we, we had something to play for. Mm-hmm. And for yeah. us to really start to coast, I, I really didn't like that. I really didn't like that. Tips was going to have to chew him out during a, a film session. Facts. Um, I love Tibbs, man. He embodies New York, man. <laughs> I've never thought in my wildest dreams like we would be the fourth seed. I always thought we was gonna win thirty games, thirty to thirty-three games. Same way. I, I never thought this was gonna happen, man. This has been one of the most enjoyable seasons I've ever watched as a Knicks fan, besides watching Alfred Payton, and we'll get into that later. <laughs> but yeah, man, this this season as a whole, like, it's been a blessing. Um, but damn, we got so quick into the Knicks, man. You got it's your first time on the show, so whenever. Thanks somebody, for having me. I appreciate the invite. All right, anytime, bro. Anytime, bro. I love your work, man. Love. I don't know how you guys literally do live shows after games, during games. You know, I can't really do that because I'm always at work. So when I have the time, when I have the downtime, like I try to like record a podcast or I try to show up to somebody live. So I appreciate the work that you do and the, and the stuff that you put out there. But the people got to know, how did you get into this Sports Vibes TV? Like what inspired you? Who inspired you? Like how did you become a Knicks fan? How did you become a Giants fan? Mets fan, like how how did this go about, bro? You gotta you gotta get the people the story, man. The floor is yours. Well, who inspired me to start a channel? That oh, all right. Start off with that. Like, who inspired you to start the channel, and like what what makes you most happy about your work? Well, I I started honestly watching Giants content, so I came up watching the Entertainer for like two years, two three mm-hmm. years. I, I really was like you said, inspired by his work. He's a hard worker and the quality that he puts in, into his content, 
and what he's saying. He he knew his stuff. So I'm like, you know, I feel like I know my sports too. And mm-hmm. the pandemic hit, you know, I'm an x-ray tech. I'm in the medical field. So dealing with that night in, night out, you know, it was a good release to start this channel. So that's really what I wanted to do when I started the channel, Talk Sports. Uh, I kind of used Entertainer's channel as a, a, a guide and mm-hmm. just started making content. And as I was making content, you know, with the analytical side, you start to see where people are coming to, to view your channels. And that's when I started to see, you know, the CPs, the MBKs. And then that's where I started to kind of, you know, up my production value to the kind of full broad shows that they were kind of putting on. So now you see sometimes I have the edited that are similar to what Entertainer does or how he drops news and how he breaks down the, the Giants. I do something similar for the Knicks and, 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 and some Giants videos. And then when I do my live streams, I kind of have the inspiration of a, of a CP and an MBK who have been doing it for years and holding it down for the Knicks community. So you'll see a, lo- a lot of inspiration from them. Yo, that's crazy that you brought that up because, you know, I work in the medical field too. And mm-hmm. when I first started this podcast, right, it was like, I was wild stressed, bro. Like I, I needed something to do. I needed a hobby. I was always watching the Knicks. I was always arguing with my friends. I'm like, you know what, man? I might as well just start a podcast, just talk, chirp, regular stuff. I get on Twitter. And then, you know, the inspiration, like the Knicks, like watching them this past decade and then watching the 2012 season. And then we get to the 2017 season. We got to start over and we start over mm-hmm. with Bill Jackson, right? So around that time, you know, we just got, we just hired David Fisdale. We just drafted Kevin Knox. So I'm like, okay, this is something new. You know, let me let me, let me me start up a pod, man. I see where this is going. Like, I like where this is going. So, you know, I started it off, and then here I am today. <laughs> I hear you, bro. You're doing your thing. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I'll tell you this, though. I appreciate people like you who put in the work to edit their videos. I tell Dow and Nick all the time, I'm like, yo, bro. Salute to you, bro, because I do not have the time to, like, sit there, try to edit. Like, it, that ain't my thing. That's y'all thing. And salute to y'all for doing that. You want to hear the crazy part? Go ahead. I got two full-time jobs, so I do it, like, in the in the wee hours of the morning, like, now. Mm. So it, it's, it's, it's stressful, but I get a lot of positive feedback, and that's what kind of motivates me. Like, also, my mom, she views a lot of my videos, and... She's been holding me down from birth. So the fact that she enjoys the videos as well, that's even more motivation to keep on working hard and, and finding some time outside of my work schedule to keep dropping content. Yo, that's that's valid, bro. That's valid. And and shout out to the entertainer because he definitely runs a great Giants channel. Facts. And I definitely I definitely pull up sometimes to view his content. Cause bro, he'll break down a play. I'll be like, God damn, like he breaking down the block. Mm-hmm. Block scheme. I'm like, yo, this guy is nice, bro. So definitely shout out to the entertainer. For me, another person who inspired me for my work, I started watching um nothing but Knicks two, three years ago as well. You know, OG Sim, he runs that nothing but Knicks. And when he first started, he was dolly. <laughs> People who don't who, who never really followed followed his channel, like he was dolly. And now he got like seven, eight people on his channel. And Man. he used to put it, he used to upload it to audio. And I used to listen to it that way and listen to it while I was at work. So 
that that that's definitely cool that you got other people who inspire you for your work. Definitely, um, definitely. They they the they the they set the path for us, you know. Yep. Yep. Hell yeah, bro. Oh, I always shout out on some of those guys, man. They they put in a lot of work. And it's a lot of work behind the scenes, you know. Even me, when I was watching and I was seeing a lot of the content creators, you know, upload content, I would think, you know, you, know, you buy a camera, you press record, and then you talk. No. But then talking to a camera is a whole different animal. And then behind the scenes having to edit, then having to do a thumbnail, it's a whole... It's almost like a full-time job if you if you're uploading content regularly. So it's a lot of effort that's put in behind the scenes. And I think you really have to commend the content creators that are working hard to entertain you. That's because it is hard work. It's not easy. Yo, and you're not even talking about the like, like people gotta understand, like you gotta know your stuff. So you mm -hmm. gotta write down notes sometimes. Like Fact. you gotta dead set, you know, like I catch myself sometimes. I be saying this like three in the morning. I'm dead writing notes on my phone, mm -hmm. and I'm taking snapshots of uh, stats and all of that. So Doing I can research. Yep, mad research, reading articles, like all of this stuff you gotta do in order for people to understand what the hell you're talking about. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. when you arguing with your friends, it's just your friends. They know you. They know what you're trying to say. But then now, yeah. when you're when you're broadening your audience, you have to make sure you you break things down into into something that that everybody can understand and it's the people that can do that to an efficient level that you really see the audience gravitate to because like i said you, you get entertained but we also mm -hmm. educate in a lot of the videos like my mitchell robinson video where i broke down his uh foot uh fracture yeah a lot of people like that video because i really explained what a jones fracture was and i showed them in radiographs how it would look Yo, that is crazy, man. Just salute to Mitchell Robinson, man. We definitely going to talk about him, too, because I want to ask you, like, two, three questions upon Mitchell Robinson. And it's, and as far as audience is concerned, boom. I'm going to give you an example. Like, I could go to my men's, and I could argue about the Knicks, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll tell me something like, I tell them, like, yo, Obi's been playing better. You know, his per 36 stats is 13 points per game, seven rebounds per game, 49% from the field, 31% from three, 73% from the free throw line. You mm -hmm. know what they gonna say back to me, bro? Man, I don't care. He averaged five <laughs> points in the season. <laughs> <laughs> like you giving me his per 36, but he only playing per eight. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they, don't, they don't give a damn about your, your, your true shooting percentage. like. It, it all depends on who you're talking to. Like a, mm -hmm. lot, a, a lot of people don't care about that nerdy stat stuff. But the analytics, yeah. But then there's people but, who do. So you got to find a way to mix that in, and mm -hmm. also make it entertaining enough that the people who don't really care will at least sit through that portion of the video to see some other things you might want to touch on. That's a fact. <laughs> and that's a, yo, that's that facts. Now, um, speaking of the Knicks, right? Now we get to this season, right? So we forty two. We went for we we win a couple of games. We win. We first of all, I'm gonna ask you this, and then I'm gonna throw some stats at you about Thibodeau. Mm -hmm. When we was on that nine game win streak, how was you feeling? I mean, I was euphoric. I was. I didn't think it could end. I I bought tickets to that Phoenix Suns game, <laughs> thinking we were gonna win. So I was on cloud nine. 
Because if he would have beat that, beat the Phoenix Suns, I don't know when we would have lost again. Yo. Because even the end of the season, what do we end the season? Seven and three? Facts. Even and, on a and, tear. Yeah, yeah. And Julius Randle, who, who, by the way, I, I'm going to admit to you, and I'm going to always say this, and I say this to everybody. I was very wrong about Julius Randle. This man has been talking all season. He's the first Nick player to ever accomplish a season where he averaged 24 points per game plus, 10 rebounds plus, and six assists plus. First Nick ever to do that. And only four other players in NBA history has accomplished that. Oscar Robinson three times, Will Chamberlain twice, Larry Bird, Russell Westbrook. Bro, I don't know what he was doing when the Knicks, when it was announced the Knicks was not going to the bubble. But salute to him, but also salute to Thibodeau. And I, I want you to um talk about Thibodeau, you know, because Thibodeau came in, he changed the culture. You see the bench. Well, the bench looks together. We first in, opponent, in opponent's points per game. Last season, we was 18. We first in opponent field goal percentage per game. Last year, we was 27. We first in three-point percentage defense. Last year, we was 28. And we fourth in defensive rating. Last year, we was 23rd. So, Tell me about Thibodeau in your opinion. Like, how you felt about him before the season? And now that the season ends, is he your coach of the year? And also, like, how did you feel about him? Like, did you expect for him to adapt the way he is and to be this good of a coach <laughs> at this stage of his life? So before I get into Tibbs, I got to say, I was right there with you saying that I didn't, I wasn't agreeing with Julius Randle being the star of this team. And I got it wrong as well. You know, Julius Randle is going to be an NBA all-team this season. He's definitely going to make it. It's just going to be whether he's going to be first or second, in my opinion. But when it comes to Tibbs, I really didn't want Tibbs originally. I wanted Kenny Atkinson. I I thought when you looked at this team and the young talent that we had that was going to be part of our core – I felt like he would have gotten the most out of them. We saw him uh, work with players over with the over with the Nets and and help them in their development. So I thought Atkinson could have came here, been kind of like a bridge coach, similar to what he was with the Nets, and then we could have gotten another coach that would have gotten us over the finish line. But Tibbs, I think with Tibbs, I, I had beef with him to start this season because <laughs> I think his rotations originally, you know, blew my mind. Like there were times where he would take IQ out and I felt like IQ was really giving us a spark and he was reducing his minutes, but he would allow Elf to, to really stay out there on the court. But I, I think the fact that Thibodeau has been willing to pull players when they're not really playing well is mm-hmm. what has helped up our level of play. You know, everybody knows their minutes are not for granted. They've got to earn their minutes and they've got to make the most out of their minutes. And you're seeing that when Reggie Bullock is out there, at least to start the game, because, you know, Reggie Bullock turns to, to tail off as the game progresses. But you're every seeing, time, every, it's, it's like <laughs> clockwork. It's like the third quarter almost. <laughs> like the third quarter, we're going to give up a lead. You already know that. That's but not bad. <laughs> Tibbs has us, out, has us out there working hard. And I think you're seeing that with, the, with, with Julius Randle's attitude coming into this season. You're seeing that. The mantra of this team is he wants gym rats. He wants some people that are going to work hard and give it their all. And you're seeing the gym rats on this team excel. Yeah. I, I think that's that's what is kind of separating those players that aren't getting minutes from the players that are. Yo, and 
as far as the players that's getting minutes, I think another interesting development that I'm impressed with Tibbs with for is he said he wanted to value the corner three, right? Mm-hmm. So we basically lead the league in three point three point makes from the corner, about thirty <laughs> percent. And attempts, we also lead the league. But early in the season, we wasn't shooting a lot of three-point attempts. We was bottom five in the league. So over the past month, we top 10 in three-point attempts, three-point makes, and we're top five in three-point percentage. And it's been beautiful to see. We got guys like Julius Randle, second highest jump in three-point percentage, in NBA history from 27.7% to 41%. Jeez. Um, Mm -hmm. Emmanuel quickly, he shoots about 40% from three. RJ Barrett is the only 20-year-old in NBA history to average 17 points on 40% or better from three. How do you feel about that? I I think that jump in three-point shooting kind of coincides with that nine-game winning streak. Mm. That's that's really kind of where you saw the Knicks running on all cylinders. And if we can continue to shoot like that throughout the playoffs, I think we're going to be a dangerous team. And I think the Eastern Conference Finals is something that we should be keeping an eye on if we're going to shoot the way we have been. I mean, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because we still have to make sure we do what we got to do against the Hawks because they're a dangerous team. But if the Knicks are going to continue to shoot lights out and play the type of defense that we're playing – you know, we're going to be a hard team to, to beat. Uh, you, you can't score on us in the paint easily. And if you do get nope. into the paint, we're going to beat you up. And then we're going to demoralize you by knocking down corner threes, either by Bullock, uh, RJ, or Julius Randle himself. And then we've got even Derrick Rose, who's for the majority of his career hasn't been looked at as a great three-point shooter. He's been shooting phenomenal from three-point as well. So I think the team, just, just the chemistry – it's the hard work. Remember, the reports came out that they're out there, you know, shooting in the gym. Yep. All the time. And I think you're really starting to see it pay off on the court. And it's just I think it's why this uh, I think it's why the community is really embracing this team, because they're winning, but they're also putting in the effort and they're putting in the work. And I think as a New Yorker, we just respect anybody that's willing to grind, we respect the hustle. That's a fact. And let's let's talk about the engine, this, the so-called engine for the Knicks. My guy, Big Dog Juju, Julius Randle. <laughs> um, specifically, this contract situation, right? So we see a guy like Randle. He goes from 19 points to 24 points, you know, 40% from three, 80, 81% from, from, from the free throw range. We already said the assists and, and all the accolades. It's going to be the point where, and I know you heard this on the telecast today, well, um, Jeff Van Gundy, and he said, if I'm Julius Randle, we not giving you a pay cut. I mean, we not taking no shorts. Pay me my mm. money. And I respect it. <laughs> but, at, but at the same time, how uh, we're going to have to build this roster, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to take advantage of RJ's rookie scale deal mm-hmm. so my question to you is would you pay Randall this this offseason um you know he might be all NBA second team of course we know he's most improved player of the year showing like that's his award but 
would you pay him this offseason or would you wait another season and pay him 2022? Will you have maximum cap space for possibly two max free agents and you could go over the cap and resign him because now you have his bird rights? So I just pulled up this slide that I had because I had made a video breaking down Julius Randle if you were to resign him this offseason as opposed to next offseason. And to me, the you have to resign, not resign him, but extend him this offseason. And because you save so much money by doing that, because you can only give him a 20% raise off what he's making next year, and then he will get 8% raises off of that. So he would be making the first year of that extension, he'd be making 23.7 mil. Now, if you look at that compared to a max deal in the first year of a, of a max contract, he'd be making 34.7. And I, I just don't know how you build a team around Julius Randle when he's commanding, you know, 30% of your cap space. And like you said, if you look at, uh, roster now it's not just going to be Julius Randle's 34.7 you're going to have the extension for Mitchell Robinson if we do extend him that's going to probably hit in the same season then it's just going to be a trickle effect from all our rookies you're going to have RJ then at some point you're going to have IQ and then we still haven't touched on bringing back some of these you know glue guys on the team that's like Bullock that's Burks that's Noel you know you still have to build some depth on that team. So That's you're really right. going to handi handicap yourself if you're going to commit 30% of your cap to Julius Randle. Like he's played phenomenal this season, but you got to remember this is only one year of, of, of this level of play. And you would hope he's going to play like that next season. I don't know if I can give somebody 30% of the cap, you know, with just two years of, uh, of all-star experience. And I don't really look at the landscape of the league and see too many fours carrying their teams to championships. And that's where I'm at with it, right? You just hit, you hit everything on the nose, which is crazy. Like, I, I really don't have to go too deep into this thing because I feel the same way, bro. The last big man who was the best player on a championship team was 10 years ago. That was Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's been so long since we've seen a big man be the best player. I can't really put my faith into Julius Randle being my championship number one option. Don't get me wrong. He's playing his ass off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he give him all the roses he wants. But now since you threw that angle at me, now I can understand, okay, why people say pay him this offseason rather than pay him 2022. Don't and another thing you can you can yeah. kind of look out for Julius Randle too because you don't have to give him a four year extension. You can say, all right, we'll give you two years on top of that with a player option. That way, if you're still continuing to perform at this level for the next three years, you can opt out before you're thirty. And then if you're performing like that for four years in a row, you feel a little bit more confident in giving him that 30% of the max. Or you, at that point, you might have already gotten enough other pieces on this team that now when you give him the max and an extension, you can go over the cap and, and still have a deep roster. It makes mm -hmm. a lot more sense to operate in that regards. I think the problem is if you were to look at the difference in money, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a stock difference. I think he would make about like 96 million less if he were to go with a full extension this offseason yeah. as opposed to waiting and, and signing a four-year max next offseason.
Imagine so it's a lot. It's a lot of money to give Ooh. up. Imagine looking at your wife and looking at your son, and you tell him, "I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> you laughing, but I, I gotta throw that point out to you because yeah, and I, he's this is New York. He gotta pay New York taxes. <laughs> this ain't Florida, Texas, <laughs> man. <laughs> so we we gotta think about that too because the mm-hmm. man got a family and. It's, I, I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. I would be hard pressed to walk away from a hundred million. Now, if Randall does that, and we can build a team, mind you, twenty-three point seven is not a lot of money, right? It's not. It, and he's making nineteen point eight next year. Oh God, it, it, a steal. So that's mm-hmm. probably like a five million dollar raise. Now, while I'm thinking about that, right? We have two first round picks. So mm-hmm. so now when you're thinking about it, if you do want to sign a max level player, right? It would behoove you to at least draft well, bring in two guys who was on rookie scale deals, correct? And I, d- I doubt they'll do that though, because Tibbs Tibbs barely playing Obi now, and he's not playing Knox. He barely plays Frank. I think they're probably gonna package those picks and 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 move up, get the player they want, player they love, and mm-hmm. then you know incorporate him into the rotation. I don't know if we go in with two or three rookies. We might, I, we could, but yeah. if anything, I, we might do like the Miles Powell route and 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 sign some uh, some undrafted free agents or use that Detroit second on a on a, a free agent and just send them to the G League or something. Because you know how Tibbs operate. He don't really play too many young guys. That's a fact. But, Look but who's playing now. That's true. But think about it like, if think, think about it in this type of light, right? Mm-hmm. Quickly in Obi's rookies now, mm-hmm. but they're going to be second year players next season. So it will, I will believe that after they had a whole training camp, you know, they didn't have, really have a training camp this um this season. You know, they, you get to summer league in. You've been with them for a year now. I think Tibbs would trust them more to put them in, to give them more responsibility. So even if they drafted two said rookies, right, you don't necessarily got to play both. But I know one is going to play. One is going to play because of politics alone. Because you're always going to want to get your guys out there to play. You're not going to want the guys that you drafted to sit. Mm-hmm. And also, let's say if we do sign Randall this early, right? Um, How are you going to fill out the back end of your roster? Uh, is people going to come to the Knicks? Are people going to take veteran minimums? You I, you don't you don't have to do veteran minimums. Because remember, we're still in a very good spot. Uh, uh, an extension with Julius Randle is not going to change our cap space for next for next season because Julius right, Randle would right. still have the nineteen point eight, and then you would just add the extra year after, which would be twenty two twenty three. So we'd still have the fifty something mil in cap space. It would just be how are we going to divvy up that cap space? Are we going to bring back Bullock, Burks, Noel? I, I'm pretty sure we're going to bring up bring back Derrick Rose. We invested a second round pick, and oh, I won't I won't in, yeah I won't include DSJ. But that second round pick had a lot of value. So we're going to bring back Derrick Rose. It's just going to be who are we going to bring back from those other three glue guys. I think Nerlens Noel might be playing himself out of New York. 
And let me, let me I'm going to backtrack. I'm going to piggyback off that. I think Burks is playing himself out in New York, too. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he's, he's playing his ass off. But and, the thing is, the, uh, the, the fact that he's missed a lot of games is hit or miss with him. I don't know. His performance, yes. But the fact that he's missed a lot of games, even though one of them was for the Rona. I mean, a few of them were for the Rona, which he really can't control. Mm-hmm. But he still had some injuries this season. So we're, we're talking about the roster, right? And mm-hmm. we just spoke about um, Julius Randle, the possibilities with him. Let's let's get into Mitchell Robinson. <clears throat> Haven't seen my boy in about three months, man. I miss Mitchell Robinson, man. Um, follow I him mean, on the gram. He be posting. I follow I, him. I, I follow him, too. I, I be yeah, seeing yeah. him post. But it's not the same seeing him on the court. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not, and the reason why it's not the same is because I'm seeing the success that Nerlens is having, and I wish it was just Mitch out there, but he's hurt. He's been so injury prone this season. I'm just hoping that he changes his diet. So now I bring this to you. We're talking about building a roster. Mm-hmm. Would you resign Mitch this offseason? Because you know, if we don't resign him this offseason, he's unrestricted. Yes. And mm-hmm. I'm not letting Mitch walk out the door. I think that's a PR nightmare. You're gonna piss off the fan base. You're gonna piss off. But that's the fan if base. Mitch wants to return. Because remember, beginning in the season, there was some some weird news coming out that you know mm-hmm. Mitch fired his his agent, who was the same agent as Nerlens Noel. And then there was some rumblings that there might have been some beef because Mitch had to compete for the starting lineup. So. He, is he going to be happy here? Because he has the option. He has to choose whether he wants to sign an extension. It's not like we can just offer it to him and he'll say yes, regardless. You know, does he want to be here? Not that I've seen anything that says he doesn't want to be here, but we still have to ask that question. Is his heart in New York? And if it is, then yeah, we should try to work out a deal with him. This would be the best time to work out a deal with him. He's fresh off an injury. We might be able to get him for the low. Yo, you know, offer him a few, offer him, you know, Two year, because think about it. I think he's making one point eight million next season. You right. know, that's that's a lot of money for most people in America, but in the NBA, it's, mm-hmm. it's not really a lot. So, to offer him a bag now when he's dealing with an injury that has a high possibility of being of re- reoccurring, I think he would be willing to to accept an offer that's a little bit less than market value, but at least gives him that security. You've seen the Yankees do that. They've done that with, I forgot who the pitcher is and he blew his elbow, but they did that with him. You see it a lot. That's a fact. And it's called good business. Mm -hmm. Leon Rose is a super agent. It's good business. It shows that you you take care of your people in the league. You see what they Mm -hmm. did with Miles Powell. You know, you see the how they did it. And they resigned them to give him his money and then mm-hmm. release them. So now his money's fully guaranteed for the rest of the season. That's yep. how you take care of your people. So now he's eating. Yep, facts. So when you. And then look at the other smart move. They went over there and they brought uh, Luca Vildoza in from Argentina. Ooh, it, that God, was a shrewd move. That was a great move. And this is another underrated thing about that, right? And I know we getting a little off topic, but the hell with it. We talking about the the roster and roster construction. Hey, Knicks is Knicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the hell with it. But <laughs> now that you bring up Luca, right? He's going to be playing in the Olympics, so I hold the Olympics personal to me. The Olympics is very personal. 
So the reason why the Olympics is very personal to me is because it seems like every time NBA players go play in the Olympics, when they come back to the USA, they put up ridiculous numbers that very next season. I'm going to give you an example. Remember when Durant, Russ, and Katie went to the Olympics? Was that 2012? I believe it was 2012. Mm -hmm. And that was the same season where Harden got traded to Houston. Mm -hmm. All three said players (laughs) began to average 25-plus points. And all three said players all become MVPs, which which is crazy. But my point is, R.J. Barrett is going to be playing in the Olympics. Luca is going to be playing in the Olympics. Hopefully, Julius Randle. He's going to get selected. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he should. And he should start, honestly. For the if, if you're playing the Olympics, he should start, honestly. If nobody else want to play. Randall's going to be playing in the Olympics. R.J. Barrett is going to be playing in the Olympics. So, how do you, how do you, where do you feel like Luca winds up in all of this? If he does show out for the Olympics. And how does he play in the point guard rotation? If you want, Luca actually has played against uh, France in FIBA, and they beat him. And the FIBA, the France team, they had Frank Nitti, Rudy Gobert, they had uh, Batum, and I, who, who's the other one? I think it's Fournier. Those Six are all French. That beat Team USA. They beat Team USA in 2019. That's a fact. That they, they um no, they beat Team. Yeah, that's a fact. France definitely did. They the reason oh, why Team USA got knocked out the tournament. I remember because Frank Frank Nolakina shut down Kimba Walker. I definitely remember that. Yeah, uh, Argentina beat him. Oh, what you call it? I think Luca dropped 19 on their head. <laughs> I, got I mean, it. I'm not like 19. He dropped 16. He dropped 16. 16. I think he had like three or four assists. Yeah, him, Faku, who's on, who's on, uh, Faku Composo, I think his name is. He's on the Nuggets. He was on that team. They were the backcourt mates, and then they had interviewed uh, uh, Faku, and they were saying the way the Argentinian backcourt works is they alternated. So sometimes Luca would play point, and then sometimes Faku would play point. So when Luca comes over here, he's already in a situation, or he's already been in a situation where he's played both guard positions. So we have that flexibility. And if we do go out and bring, let's say, Alonzo Ball, now we have a whole bunch of, but that would be three guards that can play either guard position. You'd have Alonzo, uh, you'd have Luca, and you'd have IQ. Man, you know the rotations we'd be able to throw at opposing teams. Oh mm. my goodness! And oh. that's if Luca is able to be a, a quality guard in the nba and i think he should be able to i've reviewed some film on him i got a film study that's going to drop soon and then the fact that he went out there and he's played against nba competition you know you know luca man i hope i hope this kid could be really good for us man shout out to pablo prigioni man Facts. Nick go shout out another to another another one of his uh, fellow argentinians that's a fact and off of what i've seen from pablo I think this kid is going to fit with us perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Pablo was a tough, hard-nosed veteran, even though he came over here a little too old. He was a little too old. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. But if Luca could bring those same qualities while he's 25 years old, and also he earned MVP honors after leading Bosnia. Basnoni- Basconia. Oh, 
I think it's Bas- either Basconia or Basconia. One of them. Basconia. Ah, it probably is Basconia, the way mm-hmm. the spelling is. In the 2020 Spanish ABC Championship. And I think Capazio had won that same said um, MVP honors back in 2019. And so- he cooked us. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> because he kept in the lane, bro. He kept getting in the lane. I'm like, yeah. what is going on here, man? Who is They're this crafty. guy? You know what they reminded me of? <laughs> Remember Carlos Arroyo? Yeah, from, from Puerto team. Rico, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. used to kill Team USA, bro. Facts. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's another Spanish player that, that uh, he won a similar award that... um. Uh, Luca won. Uh, Juan Carlos Navarro. You know him? Juan Carlos? What's Juan Carlos play? Navarro. He played for España, Spain. Oh, Navarro. Yeah, Juan Carlos <laughs> Navarro. Yeah, he used to, yo, he used to cook. Everybody used to talk about the Gasol brothers and, and Ricky Rubio, but the the the, the shooter, the killer on that team was, was uh, Navarro. No, don't Navarro play on, if I'm not mistaken... I think Real Madrid. Real Madrid? I think they're, yeah, I think he's on Real Madrid. That's cool, man. Yo, the European prospects has been coming in so elite these past Mm -hmm. few years, bro. Like, I'm watching Jokic. You're watching Giannis. You're like, God damn. (laughs) I I would love to have one of those types next to Julius Randle. If he could just block shot, rim protect a little bit, I would love to have one of those types. Well, we got it, the draft for that. That's that's true. That, but what do you think? Also, they, did you hear about the potential trade target we might have? What's his name from uh, the the Grizzlies? Who, Jaron Jackson? Yeah. <sighs> I'm not. You don't like him? I, it, it's not that. It's just one. He's a horrible rebounder. That's one. Mm. Like it. He's six eleven. And he, his rebounding is terrible. But that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> everything, everything else, we good to go, man. He checks I, the boxes everywhere else. I hear yeah, you. Everywhere else. Everywhere else. I, like, I could see the fit with him and Randall. Because he wants to play the perimeter. Randall could play the perimeter. But Randall, you want Randall bully ball. You want him going mm-hmm. down line drives to the basket. So I could see, I could see the fit. I can see the fit. It it's many things that can happen this offseason, bro. Like I put out a list today on Twitter of like my wish list and a couple of players I would like um on the Knicks. And it, it, it's crazy because I keep talking about it. His name just keeps coming to my mind. It's just Colin Sexton. It's just, I, I don't know. You want to trade for him? I would love to trade for Colin Sexton. Are you kidding me? <laughs> with with the way. The Knicks is built right now. I think if we have inserted a guy like that at 21 years old, our ceiling would be even higher because those times where we can't get a bucket, now you got Sexton. And we know he can get his own shot. So that was just something I was thinking about. And and you see the rumblings over there in Cleveland talking about he's a ball hog and this, that, and the third. Get the hell out of here. He's supposed to pass the Dean Wade. Who's who we supposed to pass you? <laughs> kidding me? What, what are we doing here? So that that's another guy 
I was looking at looking looking at that roster. I'm like, man, maybe. See, my thing is, I don't really want to. I don't want to give up too many assets. I feel like we have enough draft capital to move up and down the draft if we need to, to kind of fill in holes, and then we can just sign some solid veterans and and try to build that way instead of trying to you know give up too much in order to to, to bring in pieces that we aren't sure are going to be good fit. You know what I mean? Like if you sign somebody, if you don't, as long as you don't sign them to a crazy deal, if it's not a good fit, you could trade them. Like look at Austin Rivers. We brought in Austin Rivers. It wasn't a crazy contract. It turned out to not being a good fit, and we were able to move on from him pretty easily. So if we invest so much in Colin Sexton, and now he comes here, and and what they're saying in, in Cleveland is true that he's a ball hog. Not to say it is true, but you know if he ends up not being a fit, you're kind of like you're locked in with him now. You're invested. Said I do. Yeah, and we man. ain't doing annulments. <laughs> nah, man, and and and, and it's tough because you don't want to mess up your team chemistry, man. Mm-hmm. You don't want to bring in a guy like, for example, like, I'm gonna just throw it out there. Like, you don't want to bring in a guy like Kawhi or one of these high high price superstars. He comes in the locker room, he starts the diva nonsense. He don't want to hang out with nobody. Just being a cornball, like one of those. One of those <laughs> like, you don't need none of those type dudes. Like our team look like they all cool. You got Derrick Rose saying, following them, dapping up Frank. Like that—that's the type of vibe. I need. <laughs> that's the type of vibe I need. I, I think Colin Sexton fits that vibe. Another player I would love over here is Mo Bamba. Is it players mm-hmm. who's young that I think Tibbs can unlock. I'm not really interested in filling my roster with vets. Now, Carmelo Anthony want to come back. <laughs> we, we, we could talk some. Here we go. Would you, wait, what you mean, here we go? I, I'm not a big Carmelo fan. You're not a big what? Nah, I, I, wasn't a fan of the, I wasn't a fan of the trade back then. Okay. Like, we could have re-signed home. We could have just signed homeboy in the offseason. He won't puff out his chest and talk about, hey, you know, if I don't go here, I could potentially go to the Nets. And now we're bidding against the Nets. And now we're giving up all our depth to bring in Carmelo to do what? You want you want to know so funny? What? I'll tell you, let me tell you a story, yeah. Last year playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And this this goes this goes into the Carmelo Anthony trade. I'm watching Donovan Mitchell versus Jamal Murray. Who is Jamal Murray, everybody? It's one of the draft picks the Knicks traded in the Carmelo Anthony trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two, those extra first-round picks we traded was because Carmelo Anthony was on the roster and we re-signed him, and Phil Jackson thought it was smart to bring in Andreas Bargliani. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, two firsts for him, too. That's the wild part. Yo, bro, like, why? He wasn't worth a second. No. <laughs> that uh, when when that news dropped, I was like, "What?" And you wanna, oh man! You, you want to know so crazy? The thought process behind it, like he was, it wasn't because Jay Bargnani was he was putting up numbers in Toronto. If people don't think, think I'm lying, you just go back. He was putting up twenty. He was putting up numbers in Toronto. He just came here. And it was like with no impact though. You don't trade two first for a player that's putting up numbers with no impact. That's a fact. That's a fact. And this is why I got PTSD. <laughs> I don't like trading draft picks. This is why I talk about playing the kids and not giving a damn about the vets. But now that this is on my mind, 
and we just we spoke about Mitch and Randall and RJ. No, we ain't even speak about RJ, but we gonna get to RJ. But before we get into RJ, I wanna ask you, young wing, vet point guard, or vet wing, young point guard. What do you prefer? Now, when you say young, you mean drafted. When I say young, it necessarily don't have to be drafted. You could trade for said player. But just a young player, preferably under 25, who you know can get better. I'd rather take the young point guard and get the veteran wing because defensively, they're going to be up against it against some of the best threes in the league, whether that be Kawhi, whether that be uh, LeBron, KD, you name it. I, I know there's a lot of great point guards, but I feel like we have Derrick Rose, who's a great mentor, and he can take a young point guard under the, his wing and kind of teach him. I don't know if we have that vet at the, the three right now to really school anybody. So if we can get a veteran in that can be a lockdown three and D, I think this team is going to be that much more dangerous. Like if we can get an upgrade of, of a of Reggie Bullock and say move Reggie Bullock over to the bench and, and have him as a depth piece, I think next season we'd be, we'd be, I won't say a, a lock for the Eastern Conference final, but we'd be dangerous. So the reason why I ask you this question, because you, you talk about guys like Lonzo Ball, AKA young point guard, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And <laughs> you're thinking about, Julius Well, Randall. if you say it in New Orleans, it's G-A-W-D, right? <laughs> <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, bro, I swear to God, I don't know what the hell they doing over there, bro. <laughs> I, I watched David Griffin today on NBA TV literally say, well, we didn't put enough shooting around Zion Williamson. Well, duh. Dumbass. We put, <laughs> put Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams on the same team. Right. If that player don't shoot no threes, of course. And then you drafted Kira, who's not a great shooter. So even if you move on from Lonzo, you're just going to replace him with somebody that's going to take away from your shooting. <laughs> so I don't want to be stuck. In that and they team. traded JJ. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And- <laughs> You don't want to be, and the reason why I bring that up is because you don't want to be stagnant like that. You don't want to end up like the Boston Celtics, right? Mm-hmm. Having a bunch of draft picks, just like how me and you talking right now. We got these two draft picks, right? The Celtics then consolidate, right? They had multiple first round picks. You didn't move none of these picks. Now I'm looking at the roster. I'm like, who the hell is these guys? Carson Edwards, really? Um, what's the other guy? Terrence Will Reggie Williams? I don't even know these guys' names. Sydney Osway. Like you don't want to <laughs> be stagnant when you're building your roster. So the reason why I ask you another thing about the mm-hmm. young wing and vet point guard situation is because going into free agency, right? Nerlens Noel. When we spoke about this, Nerlens Burks probably played themselves out of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, Bullock probably played himself out of New York, but you kind of want to keep at least keep some of your vets that's in the rotation, and then when it's time, you hand off that rotation spot to a young guy, so you would want to keep them. But out of these 
you know, vets that we got, who do you prefer to keep and who you think is really going to come back? I, I'm a Rose, uh, Burks, and Noel would be my three that I would want to bring back. I'm cool with Bullock leaving. I'm cool. Mm -hmm. Gibson's older, so he's cool. I'm cool with him retiring. Mm -hmm. But those would be the three that I'd like to really bring back because with Burks, Burks is is unique in the fact that he can run the offense with the second unit. So he kind of alleviates the need to have a true point guard with that second unit. But then we're bringing in Luca, so now you have three mm -hmm. options with that second unit. You got Luca, IQ, and Burks that can all kind of run some kind of set. You know, IQ has been pretty good running pick and rolls. You've got Burks that can penetrate and kick it out to open shooters. And then you've got Luca that's crafty in pick and roll and same good with penetrating, can shoot with either hand coming around screen. So I, I feel like if we keep Burks in that second unit, we keep no Noel to solidify our defense. We're always going to have somebody that's going to be a, a, a factor down in the paint, whether that be Mitch or Noel. I think that would be the best roadmap. And then we would just go find other free agents to bring in and add some additional depth. So let's say, let's say Burks walk. Mm -hmm. Strong possibility. What do you do then? Then you say, okay, Luca, we're going we gonna to depend on you. What, what do you do then as far as the second unit is concerned? Do you give IQ? the job of the first score off the bench like Burke's job is this year? What do you, how well, do you look about it? Well, it depends. If we're going to, are we going to elevate Derek Rose to the start and point guard? Because if that's the case, then IQ is going to be the, because remember to start the season, IQ for a lot of those games was like the spark plug off the bench. It's not until we got Derek Rose where Derek Rose kind of started to run that second unit being the veteran that we, we kind of seen, IQ kind of, I won't say he's kind of dimmed down, but he hasn't really been that spark plug. He hasn't been as impactful as he was before the Derrick Rose trade. So I think if Derrick Rose gets elevated to the starting lineup, IQ was going to fill that role once again. If we're still going to have Derrick Rose off the bench and we're going to have somebody else be a starting point guard, then we won't feel that loss of Burks because Derrick Rose has been running the second unit when Burks has been hurt or dealing with the Rona. So I think we'll be fine. I don't think any of those players are players that we lose and we're like, oh, my God, what was me? What are we going to do? But they right. are contributors, and, and it would be nice if we were able to bring them back on reasonable deals, but we should not break the bank at all for either one of them. And the main reason why you don't break the bank, it's a couple reasons why. Um, it's going to be a lot of star power in 2022. Mm -hmm. Knicks, we're already winning. So the winning part, everybody see the culture. The management is in place. Nobody's getting fired no time soon. So we have some type of stability in the management office. We look like we have a culture. But specifically in 2022, it's a couple of free agents that I know for a fact that I would love to try to get in the building. But there's just one guy that's just, oh, God. If, if the Knicks could just, if we just get a sit down meeting with the guy, Steph Curry, bro, if you could just, just get it, just get a sit down meeting or just, just him having us on his radar will be a win for me. Um, it's, it's a lot of players in 2022 that I would like on this team. I don't really want Zach Levine. I don't really want Bradley Bill. And for me to say this, 
the reason why I bring this all up is because Emmanuel quickly this season is a point guard. He's a shooting guard. He's a combo guard. What is his future role on this team? What What are you seeing, Max? I think he'll continue to be a spark plug off the bench for now. I mean, that can change depending on how this team drafts or who we sign in free agency. But I think next season he's still going to come off the bench. I don't think Tibbs really trusts him 100% to really have him in that starting lineup. And right now, uh, with with Burks being in and out, uh, we don't know if he will be back next season. I think IQ is the only guarantee you know in that second unit that's going to go out there and be able to get you buckets right now. You know, Derrick Rose, I'm saying with Derrick Rose, we don't know if he's going to stay in the second unit or if he's going to get elevated to a starter. So with that kind of being in limbo, he's also a free agent too. He's not guaranteed to come back. We're, we're speaking as if he's coming back, but that's no foregone conclusion. So if you look at this roster, I think IQ is still best served in the second unit, working with Obi and and whoever else we can bring in to kind of fill that unit out. If Noel comes back as a center, that'd be dope. But if not, there's other options. We can bring in some some young draft picks. There's a lot of spry. I'm, I sound old, spry. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. I spent too much time in the nursing homes. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. To the good OGs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing x-rays. <laughs> oh, That's man. how I watch a lot of the Knicks games, bro. I'm out there doing the x-rays. Uh, a lot of them are Knicks fans. And, you know, say, hey, can I watch the game with you for a little bit? I'm like, yeah, pull up a seat. I'm like, all right, bet. And we just chop it up. They'll tell me about the old days and, you know. Yo, you know what's crazy? Because I, I watch the Knicks at work, too, right? And I mm-hmm. break. So when the Knicks started winning, and I hate when, I hate when my coworkers do this shit. You know, I come into work, I go in the locker room. Hey, yo, man, you see them Knicks? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what, bro? Yo, get out of here. You the same person who was teasing me eight months ago about Julius Randle. You got audacity mm-hmm. to say, what about them Knicks? But, man. Now nah, you riding with us. Come on now. <laughs> oh, man. What, Tell them go we, cheer for the Nets or something. Y'all, it, bro. I don't even like I don't I don't want a bought ring. That's what I'm beginning to say. Like I don't I don't want to buy my championship. I don't believe in mm-hmm. championships. This is why I don't believe in Kevin Durant's championship. It's fake. It's not even a real ring. You joined a team that didn't need you. I don't believe in that. I believe in getting our rings out of the mud. And and they got a whole bunch of bad juju at the end of that run too. That was kind of weird. Yeah, man. The NBA guys don't like when you cheat. When you yeah, cheat that was today, weird. It, mad weird. Clay goes down. Um, KD goes KD down. KD went down. Yeah. Steph Wise. went down the next season. Yeah, Wiseman's down. And yo, I was tired. I got Wiseman on my fantasy league, on my fantasy team, bro. Whole team going down. Whole team's going down, bro. bro. I had LaMelo. He went down. Yo, Mitch. My, my- my fantasy team went down the drain once James Harden said he wanted out and Donovan Mitchell mm. got hurt. It was over. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, they don't play over there on the net. So, you know, James Harden probably only played about 15 games. <laughs> he was out today. Oh, well, I guess it's yesterday at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, yesterday. Well, yesterday. Man, I'm I'm so glad my Knicks ain't built like that, bro. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not interested really in the – Whole star it's organic here. Yeah, 
Yeah. And you get that, like, you get a chance to actually love the players because you mm-hmm. see them when they at their worst and you see how they evolve and how they get better. So you get more of an appreciation for certain players. That's why I could, I could love a guy like IQ, man. Gunner, even though his playmaking is just God disgusting sometimes. <laughs> the boy could ball. I, I could appreciate him for that. Um, yeah. Let's talk about these two guys, though. Because, you know, we, we haven't brought their names up. <laughs> um, everybody's favorite, Kevin Knox. Everybody's oh, you're talking about the ugly stepsisters? Oh, uh, yeah. And, and, my, um, and my favorite, Frank Nelakina. How you feel about Knox and Frank Nettie. <laughs> I'm I'm confused. I, I thought this season was supposed to be finding out who we have on the roster. And to be fair, once we started winning, I guess that kind of went out the window. I guess, that went out the window when we signed Tibbs, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I really wish we would have got, gotten to see more from Knox, but we just don't see enough. And then the times we do see him, he's doing a bunch of nothing. Like the last time I remember seeing him, he was upset because he did a bunch of nothing in like three minutes and just slammed the ball on the court and walked off. <laughs> oh God! Like he he he's really not giving us anything, giving us nothing defensively. I mean, yes, he's been pretty decent shooting catch and shoots from the corner three, but there's a lot more to a, a basketball game than catch and shoot corner threes. And and if he's not doing enough to get on the court, mm-hmm. you kind of gotta wonder what is his long-term future with the team and if we can move him in order to to build out this roster with players that are actually going to play uh he, he might be on the move in this offseason and i'll tell you this brother like i'm i was i'm a huge knock supporter you know kid was yeah we good. talked about this on twitter <laughs> that's, that's a fact like i'm a huge knock supporter like i i support the kid but at the same time it's like when his shot not falling He's not doing anything else on the court. I had the same issue with Obi for about a month. I'm looking at Obi, five straight games, zero points. I'm like, yo, what is he doing? He's 23. He's 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 a lottery pick, the eighth overall pick. And Adam Silver, do me a favor, don't ever give us the eighth overall pick like ever again. I never <laughs> like I, I don't ever want to see that pick like ever again. So I'm looking at Kevin Knox. I'm watching Reggie Bullock play at the start of the season. Remember, Kevin Knox was hot. Bullock was cold as hell. I'm screaming for Knox to start. He doesn't start. Bullock gets hot. So I'm like, all right, the hell with it. We winning anyway. Let Knox sit mm-hmm. down for a season. As far as Frank Nilakina is concerned, that's the guy I'm really salty about. Um, that's personal with me. I don't know about you, but I've watched Frank these past four years, and <sighs> Moutier, Jared Jack, Trey Burke, <laughs> Alfred Payton, um, Mario Hazonia. Who else? R.J. Barrett. Hey, at least Mario caught a body. Yes, he did. <laughs> but it seems Where like, is he? Is he still in the league? No. Actually, Mario Hazonia is playing overseas now, actually. Mm. <laughs> but the point I'm getting at, too, is they never really gave Frank a chance. That's just my honest opinion. In his rookie season, you had Jeff Hornet trash playing Jared Jack 36 minutes a night after All-Star break. What the hell are we doing this for? We're not making the playoffs. And now I watch Moutier. Moutier in China now somewhere eating with chopsticks. And Alfred might join him too in about two months. <laughs> so 
with me, it's just all personal with Frank. I don't care. I don't care if anybody call me biased, emotional about it, call me out on it. It's cool. I respect it. But the Frank thing's personal. Knox, I can understand. Yeah, I'm not that invested in Frank. I'm cool with them moving on from him. I mean, I, I'll agree with you. They haven't done, they haven't put him in the right situation or the best position to succeed. But I think now with Tibbs here, you know, as coach and with a fully functional front office, if he's still not able to crack the rotation at this point, you know, maybe he needs a new environment. I mean, I wish we would have traded him and got some assets for him. But I, I don't know. Also, the fact that he's not playing much is probably really depressing his value. So if, if there's a team that's really not going to go out there on the limb to give him a big contract, you very well could see him come back. You know, we extend him the qualifying offer or whatever the case may be. He accepts it and he's back on a one-year deal. Prove it, deal. So what I would do with Frank, and this, I think this is just straight business. This is just all business with me. First, I would decline his qualifying offer because it's 8.9 million. And also, when I think about it too, Knox makes about 10 million. If you trade Knox and both first round picks and move up and consolidate, probably mm -hmm. save yourself about 10 million. It's about probably like 10 million or so. So I would decline Frank on qualifying offer. And I would give Frank a cheap contract, uh, three years, 15 million, because he has a foundation. It ain't like, it ain't like Kevin Knox. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can identify what Frank could do well. I know he's going to defend. I know he's going to move the ball. I know he's he's going to take he's, he, he's gonna take the right shot. I know that. He's not going to overshoot. That's not his game. But I feel like he could get better if he stays more years with Thibodeau and be around some, some stability. You, I mean, he plays defense. He ain't going to cost that much, so. That's what I think they should do with Frank Nilakina. But Knox, he would be his bags would be packed draft night. If I was him. <laughs> if I was GM, man, his his bags would be packed. Cause, cause think about it like this, bro. You see a guy like Jalen Johnson, and I can only imagine Jalen Johnson under Thibodeau. When you see guys like that, Scotty Barnes. It gives you cause to pause. Like, you think about mm -hmm. Kevin Knox. You think about Dan. You look at guys like Miles Bridges. You look at guys like Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges. Jr. MPJ, yep. I'm, I'm, and, and it makes Three you players we could have had. If we had any one of those. I mean, Miles Bridges ain't, ain't, ain't super special or nothing like that. No. He's a hell of an upgrade over Kevin Knox. If we had any one of those three. I think we are giving the 76ers a run for their money. It, yo, and the 76ers, that's the team I'm looking at, too. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. not really looking at the Hawks. I know you got know, to, bro. This, they're dangerous, man. They, they that's how are. you disappoint yourself. You start looking past them, you start preparing for the 76ers, and then you don't get there, and it's like, damn. And that, that's how that's how a, a real good season turned into something that make you miserable over the offseason. Nah, that's a fact. I just hope the Nick players ain't thinking like thinking like. Yeah, well, that, I think Tibbs so won't allow him. You got the right coach for that. It, that's a fact. It, yo, I love Tibbs, bro. Tibbs, so simple. <laughs> he say the same goddamn thing over and over, but in a different mm -hmm. way. We gotta we gotta think about the next game. I ain't getting too far ahead of myself. Just simple. Fisdale, used car salesman. 
<laughs> just fed you a bunch of garbage. And what's beautiful about this, right? Now they could all experience playoffs. And this is nice. This is this is a good feeling. Um how did how did you feel after we solidified the fourth seed, man? It was dope. I was actually live streaming it. And I was a little bit upset. We started off slow. Yep. But I mean, we we picked it up towards the end and we ran them off the court. So well, we didn't really run them off the court, but you know what I mean. I, I mean, I was happy. <laughs> I, I was happy because it, it's a better matchup than going up against the Heat. We're going against the Hawks. We're three and zero against them. Even though you got to take into consideration that that third game, Trey went down in what was it, the third quarter, and we were I think losing. It was the fourth was the fourth. Was it the beginning of the fourth? It was either end of the third, beginning of the fourth, one of the two. And they were starting to kind of pull away at that point when Trey went down. So you really have to keep that into consideration. But I, I think we match up well. We just have to make sure Trey Young does not continue to to get penetration and, and get that little ticky-tack foul. Because if we start getting into foul trouble, you know the refs ain't looking out for us. That's a fact. Um, I'm a little concerned about Julius Randle, too, having to deal with Collins. Because if he gets into foul trouble, you know... I, I really don't know where we're going to get the offense from. So, for me personally, I'm keeping one of the four on the court at all times. Randall, RJ, Rose, quickly. At all times. <laughs> no, excuse me, not quickly. Burks, at all times. I'm keeping one of those four on the court. Because I don't want to get their own shot. Yes. I don't never want the offense to get stagnant. Um, I'm hoping Tibbs do the right thing. I don't know. I, maybe I'm asking too much, God. Maybe I need to pray a little more. But I need him to banish Alfred to the shadow realm. <laughs> Send him to the gulag. <laughs> to the gulag. Don't even come back. He'll lose the fight in the gulag. He just unplug <laughs> the cord. Cause, but I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to start off games slow in the playoffs. Like, playoffs is a different animal. Like, you start off mm-hmm. slow in the game, you know, your ankles get tight, your arms get heavy. And this is a first-time playoff team. So, we expect for the offense to be stagnant sometimes. But starting a guy like Alfred and getting in a hole at the beginning of every game, this is what's crazy. I mean, I'm going to give you this stat, bro. And I want you to please tell me how was Thibodeau able to manage this season with this garbage of a point guard? Over the final uh, New York's final five games, Alfred Payne had more turnovers, four than field goals, three and free throws, zero and three pointers made zero, and he's mm. averaging two point eight points his past six games. Um. By default, Tibbs is coach of the year because his point guard is so ass. By default, <laughs> Randall is most improved player because his point guard is so ass. So what what type of roster moves you would make or adjustments you would make before the playoffs start? Well, when the playoffs start, game one of the playoffs, like who would you insert in that little point guard spot in – how would you do that? Well, I mean, the numbers say we should 
elevate Derrick Rose to the starter. I think the team is 3-0 and with him as the starter. I think he averaged 32 and a half minutes in those three games. So we already have uh, a case study mm-hmm. showing that Derrick Rose and this team can succeed with him as a starter. And then, you know, you would probably appreciate the fact that we can now elevate Frank into that second unit. And yes, sir. if we need to, we can deploy him to try and contain Trey Young. And with Alec Burks coming back now, if Frank is in that second unit, we don't have to rely on him to be the facilitator, to be the floor general as the point guard. We can always have Alec Burks continue to operate in that same role, something that he's already been doing. And you would still have the option because it's not like Alfred Payton is closing games. All we have to worry about is getting off to a a quick start, because if you look at the, the Knicks and the way we're built, we can't allow teams to get into you get large leads on us because it's really hard for us to to, to dig out of these holes. Mm. And if you look at the Hawks and, and their offensive firepower, if we allow them to get too far ahead, you know, and they start feeling themselves, you know, it, it could get ugly. So we have to continue to force them to play our style of basketball, our brand of basketball. We can't get into this up and down the court you know, allowing them, allowing Trey Young to get into the paint off pick and rolls or or not, you know, playing close enough defense to the point where he's he's free off those pick and rolls to, to pull up from three and, and knock down easy three point shots. So we're definitely going to have to make sure that we just not allow these slow starts to continue to happen, because I don't see where we'll be able to to score points in bunches. Yeah, we're able to knock down threes, but we also go into these long droughts. And if exactly. one of those droughts coincide with one of their runs, we're going to be in big trouble. So it's a path. It's a path It's a path to the Eastern Conference Finals. Definitely. It's, it's not like it's an in or be all, right? Mm-hmm. Because we could lose, lose to the Hawks. That's easily. Mm-hmm. We could get we we could get smoked. We could get four one, and the season will still be a success. A lot of people there moaning, going, "Oh, we lost." Uh, uh. It's okay, cool. <laughs> we gotta get better. That's all that is. But if we could get to Philly, I think number one, Mitch has to be healthy for that series. It's no way in hell we're gonna even compete with them. Unless Mitch is healthy. Now, if Mitch is healthy, I think we could give us the 76ers a run for their money. Cause, cause, bro, I looked at um, I looked at Ben Simmons' numbers today, mm-hmm. and it look, bro, is he regressing? <laughs> Am I bugging? I traded him in fantasy this year, this season. So yeah, I think he's definitely regressing. What the hell is like? What's what's going on with him? Like what, he's, what? he still doesn't have a shot. <laughs> How do? You, but I think you could work around that though. Not if you can't even drop down mid ranges consistently. What are you going? Well, I mean, rest you. You, I won't. I won't lie. Rick Brook has definitely worked around not being able to shoot. So, so I mean, there's somebody he can look at. Plays the same. Plays the same position. It's just. You know, Simmons is a lot taller than Brickbrook. I mean, damn. So, I think we could compete with them. I think we could compete with any team. I think that it's – I think there's a couple of things that 
these playoffs is going to measure for the Knicks. Um, well, basically three things. You know, we get to this last part, and I'm going to let you get out of here because it's, it's crazy late. Like, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> it's all yeah, good, bro. I, I dead didn't notice that. I'm here to support the podcast, man. I'm here as long as you need me. I I, I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate it, man. But it's, um, it's three things to look at as far as these playoffs is concerned, right? The one thing, number one, the very disrespectful thing I'd be saying about Julius Randle, a lot of people kill me for it. I called him the fourth option. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm 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 gonna clarify. Mm-hmm. I was trolling, and that is ridiculous for me to say. Yes, but on a championship team, in my opinion, a guy who watched guys like Chris Bosh, who was the third option, who was averaging mm-hmm. twenty five and twelve, you know, a guy like Clay Thompson, elite second option, Wade. Elite second option. Like, these guys are elite. Billups, Rip Hamilton, like, it, it, these guys are elite. But in today's NBA, your one option usually should be a wing if you want to win a championship. So what I mean by that is I want to see if Randall can handle that. I want to see how far he can take us as the number one option. So I want him to prove to us that he could be that type of caliber player. Now, if he does, then we could build around him. But the second thing, R.J. Barrett. I want to know what's up with R.J. I want to know what, what, what he could do. I want to see what he could do in a playoff setting. And number three, the rest of the roster. Um, I want to see how they react. I want to see how the vets react. I want to see how Rose teaches quickly. I want to see how OB does in the playoffs. Um, what, what, do you, what, what are the three things that you're looking for in these playoffs from this specific team going into this offseason? I I think they're similar to you. I want to see Julius Randle and see whether or not he's someone that we should be investing in long-term. So if he decides to play hardball and doesn't want to sign a contract extension this season, he's going to enter next offseason as an unrestricted free agent. So if he's able to show us in the playoffs that he's a player that can carry us at least to the second round and be a consistent force throughout that first round, I think that's going to be a positive sign. Because if he gets the free agency next offseason, he's going to have the leverage to command the max deal. So if if he's going to hold us at gunpoint for that, at least show us that you can carry us through the first round in the playoffs. That's like that's bare minimum if you're gonna ask for thirty percent of the cap. Bare minimum. <laughs> your man, your man walking in there like a Batman villain. <laughs> yeah, right. I need all of that. Like Joker in the beginning of uh, <laughs> Dark Knight. <laughs> like, give me the loot. Give me the loot. Nah, that's a fact, bro. <laughs> that's a fact. Especially with own. Julius, man, the way he's playing, man, that is really important to me as far as Randall showing that he could be the number one option. But, yo, R.J. Barrett, bro. Mm-hmm. God, I don't know how old you are. So, me, I'm, in, I'm 31. So 29. 29. So, boom. Yeah, I'm a 91, baby. We didn't get a chance to experience Patrick Ewing, bro. <laughs> yeah, not at all. At all. Barely. If, if that. It's just a font. It's just a... The slightest memory. Faint. Very faint. And mm-hmm. since we didn't I think I remember the city responding to Patrick Ewing more than watching them play at that age. Yes. And 
we didn't, you know, we didn't get a chance to really like seeing the games on YouTube. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel the same as seeing them live. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like for anybody yep. who watched basketball, if you've ever seen Game Seven of 2016 of the NBA Finals, you wouldn't know what it's like unless you watched it live. Like. Like, bro, you know how much money I won off that game? I was down 500 and I ended up up 800 after LeBron won the, the, the MVP and the Cavaliers came back. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was driving home from work. I had the phone, I had the phone on one screen in the car planes because I had to make sure, man, I was down 500. If I'd have lost, I'd have been down like four figures. I'd have been nervous. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time I gambled. I said, "Man, I can't deal with the exa- I can't deal with the anxiety." <laughs> yo, bro, that game, bro, it like your heart was in your it was in your ass. That's how mm, crazy bro. that game was. Matter of fact, my man was a Braun fan when Kyrie made that shot. He dad started crying. Mm-hmm. We was we was what? Cool. Like all of us was dead. We was crazy, smack drunk, crazy. Dude That's started crazy. crying, bro. He said, yo, he made that, bro. He crying. Yo, I was in traffic coming back from work on a 495 watching the game while, I, while I'm creeping through traffic. <laughs> oh, man, yo. Hey, I, I'm saying that to say, like, people, like, older folk, they got to experience the 1999 run with, mm-hmm. with Spree and those boys. Like, we ain't get a chance to see that. I wish I had a chance to watch in 1997 that char- that um goddamn fight with the Miami Heat when mm-hmm. Pat Riley said Charlie Ward on court and all hell breaks. <laughs> I wish I could watch that. I I well, you got you got Melo and them doing a little reenactment. Uh, <laughs> you you got Nate flipping Jr. into the stands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> NBA right now. A little fake malice right at the palace. Uh, oh, oh, I brawling at the garden. <laughs> <laughs> what? If that was that would never happen in Madison Square Garden. I tell you, uh, I tell you that, bro. That was that. Oh man, oh man. Next, uh, that would be crazy though if that was that happened in Madison Square Garden. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, James Dolan throw everybody out. <laughs> have nobody mm. in the garden for like a year straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that um, guy's something else, yo. Um, you know, and the rest of the roster, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about guys like quickly. Talk about guys like Obi. You know, what do you think they're gonna be? It's it's just stuff from the playoff series. What they could take into the summer is what I'm really interested in, and seeing what Derrick Rose and those guys can do. So. My final um, question to you basically is, after these playoffs and Mm -hmm. we go into this summer, um, what is the one thing that you don't want? Just name one move, one particular player. You don't want the Knicks to do. If there was just one move you don't want them to touch, stay away from that. Hmm. Who's been linked to us? They Dennis Schroeder definitely don't want us to sign that guy. Oh hell no! <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> now hell that I think no. about the videos I've made, I'm like, no, don't do, don't do Dennis Schroeder. Nah, hell no. Nah. We ain't man. They ain't something that's that breathtaking, <laughs> right? I I agree with that. 
Nah, they were bugging trying to link him to us. And then you saw the money he turned down from the Lakers. If he's turning that from the Lakers over there in La La Land, imagine what uh, he's going to try to sign for. Mm-mm. I would not. That's a negative. Negative. I would not give him no money. You know who I well, would When Bagley dropped that report, I was tight. Yo, I, I'm good on him. I'm going to give you my one guy. Then they better not. They better not get no DeMar DeRozan. They, I, oh yeah, who is making that push for the Demar Derozan to come here? I don't, I don't know. It's one of my bros. He on Twitter, like he we cool, but it, it, I, I can't do it. Can't, Listen, I, if RJ keeps shooting forty some odd percent from three, he could be a better version than Demar. Why we got to bring in Demar? I don't know, man. People people just want names that have names, and they don't think about roster construction. Like, mm-hmm. And understanding that DeMar doesn't shoot a lot of high-value threes, doesn't take a lot. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like you, you, you're not spacing the floor well. Yeah, now, you're going to shrink the floor. That's a fact. So now in some cuckoo, crazy world, you know, Tibbs is on that step on, and he want to sign DeMar DeRozan and play him at point guard. By all means, get your 2K on. By all means. But <laughs> if he ain't coming here to play no goddamn point guard, I am not interested in no DeMar DeRozan. And he's averaging seven assists low-key this year, too. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even notice that. So that's the reason why a lot of people have been saying, yo, you can play him at point guard. I mean, it sounds cool, but... Yeah, you know, everything sounds cool in theory, but then in practice, it's a different story. Oh, uh, man. You see what they're saying about Porzingis. <laughs> now that, they got to deal with that over there in Dallas. God bless him. Yo, it... Yo, I got nah. I gotta ask you one more thing before I let you get out of here. Now, like, for mm-hmm. no problem. Last thing, bro. This so we drive for Zingas, right? We in the middle. I think we twenty two, twenty two. Porzingis dunks on Giannis. Tears his ACL. We take for the rest mm-hmm. of the season, and I believe we draft Knox. That the end of that season, um. KP, his brother Janice walks in like a mob boss. I want power. Scott Perry tells him, hell the hell the fuck no. And all hell breaks <laughs> loose. So they trades him. So I see mm-hmm. the trade. You know, we get two first round picks. We get DSJ, DeAndre Jordan. Cool, cool, cool. DeAndre Jordan was shit. Dennis Smith Jr., he's worse than garbage. I don't even know what's worse than garbage. Probably diarrhea or something. You know, it's wild. He got a triple double in Detroit, though. He did. That was wild. In the law. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. But it's Detroit. They do a lot of losing. <laughs> <laughs> we can laugh now. But we know yeah, right? <laughs> we, we, we can laugh now, but we know how Adam Silver feels about his small market teams now, do That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. And them right Just ask Memphis first. and New Orleans. Yo, I still can't believe they did that, yo. I'm, I'm glad but you know what's fire them. though. If they do some funny business with Detroit's first round pick, that just makes our second round pick that more valuable. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> give him the give him the first overall pick, so we have the first pick in the second round. Please yeah, and thank so you. Bag, and we could probably package all three picks to probably move mm-hmm. up to like 11, 12. Who who do you think they would target though? To be honest, I, I gotta I gotta do some more homework on the draft. To see who's, I mean, I've been so wrapped up in this season, bro. <laughs> Yo, that's a fact, bro. That's a fact. I you, I usually get a guy who does drafts on my pod, uh-huh. like early, probably PD Webb, mm-hmm. one of those guys. I usually get him early, bro. I barely hit him up this season. 
Facts, bro. I'm so invested. It's like, and the fact that we're drafting where we're drafting at at that point in the draft, it's a crapshoot. We don't know who's gonna be there. <laughs> like, at least if you're talking about eight, seven, you know, it's only six players that could be picked ahead of you. We're talking about 15, 16 different combinations of players that could have been gone off the board. Maybe even more, depending on how far we go and how far you know Dallas is able to go. If no, if Dallas and all uh, and us are, are able to go into the second round, we're picking in like the twenties. That's true, but shit, does it really matter? <laughs> yeah, with the with, with the way we got IQ, that's a fact. That's, I'm like, oh yeah, give us all the twenty picks. Give us yeah, 20. but but mm-hmm. that's the reason why, bro. I don't really, I don't know if I really want to trade both picks. You got to think about it like that. Why we can't give Wall Perrin two more cracks at the whip? That, or, or why not allow him to get the player he wants or he thinks is the best fit and package those two picks, seeing that Tibbs is not going to be keen on, on, on giving major minutes to that, two rookies. And if you that, see where, if you see how Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, if you're expecting them to take another step, Mm-hmm. Do you really want to try to incorporate two new two new rookies, or do you want to keep some of that roster space to bring in someone that's not a, a aged veteran, but still mm-hmm. an NBA vet that can help propel this team throughout the, the the season? I mean, it's cool to bring in two rookies, but if you're not going to be playing both of them, and we're going to start kind of expediting this rebuild process, not going crazy, but, you know, now we're about to take that next step where we're already in the playoffs. We've been in the playoffs. And now next season, we're looking to advance even further. You know, I don't know if two rookies are going to help us get from maybe first or second round this year into the Eastern Conference or maybe, you know, if you want to go crazy, the finals. And, yo, it's, cra- it's crazy because I keep forgetting about Luca, And I, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting about Luca And... And he's a veteran. That's a fact. He fall, he feels he falls into that role right there. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about And you can't really keep Luca and then draft three rookies. Facts. You feel right. me? Even though Luca's deal is non-guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But you know he's gonna be here. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. They they played two, I think either two or two and a half mil to Bascania in order to bring him over. So he's gonna be here. That's a fact. Ain't, I don't know, know why Tibbs is talking about summer thing. You don't pay two million for a summer thing. So, I know he's going to play. So, I kind of get where you're going. I would love for the Knicks to package those two picks for a wing. I keep, I keep, I have dreams of Scotty Barnes and Jalen Johnson. So, I mm-hmm. hope we could probably get one of those two. But I would love for us to draft a wing. And the reason why I bring up the picks is because of the Porzingis trade. Because of Porzingis wanting to be an asshead, he leaves. <laughs> we signed Julius Randle. We signed Mark Morris. I mean, Mook Morris, right? Mook Morris gets traded for a first-round pick. We then do more moves, swap those picks. We get IQ. So this is all linked to the all linked to the Porzingis trade. So in hindsight, did we win the trade? We definitely won the trade, especially with the fact that it doesn't even seem like KP is wanted in in Dallas as we speak. No, nope. you've got. I think I dropped a video on my channel where it was rumors that, you know, KP was on a trading block. And then you got Mark Cuban coming out saying like, yeah, of course, there's times where KP and and, and Luca aren't always, you know, on the same page. I mean, we're human. 
you're not going to be on the same page with anybody all the time. It shouldn't be news to, to, to say that. You're only saying that because there must be some kind of dust up or some kind of turmoil going on where you feel like you have to get ahead of these things. That's a fact. Especially That's a media move right there. Bro, he did three press releases in one week. That's alarming. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's alarming. So, facts. Yo, I'm so glad that we got Randall. I'm so glad we got guys like Randall, family man. His son comes mm-hmm. to games, culture. You got Derrick Rose, family man. He got a son. You got RJ. He don't go out. He's a basketball. Kevin Knox, he don't go out. Frank, he, he played Fortnite. Play, well, played Fortnite. <laughs> he should be playing 2K and learning his defensive rotations. <laughs> At least you learn a little something. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> he said, you, you got Frank. At least Frank, he Frank don't 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 make us look bad. I know he probably got some big booty French women somewhere in the cut. So <laughs> he probably on the low. You know he good. Um like it, 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 this is just so good to have and for us not to have to deal with guys like Janice. And mm-hmm. even with Carmelo Anthony, I love Carmelo Anthony, but at the same time, I always knew he wasn't a leader, bro. Like I, I, I knew that just you wasn't could, from the time Chauncey Billups said they they used to lose, but Melo was happy. He was he got his thirty. Minute I heard that, I'm like, yeah, he's not the type of player we we should have had. Not, not not even you remember that. when you remember when Chauncey said that? Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. It, it, it's it's all. Good. It was kind of foul. Chauncey said that too because he said that while Melo was looking for a job, he could have waited until he got hired first. <laughs> That's a fact. Disrespectful to a top ten uh, uh, scorer all time. Very disrespectful. Yeah. But Melo was never a leader. Like it, it, they should have got Melo a point guard. Chris Paul, mm-hmm. but no, you amnesty Chauncey. But I, I, I don't know what the hell the Knicks was doing. But I mean, you were talking about twenty twenty two. If 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 Chris Paul coming off, I think he's making forty some odd mil, forty four mil mm-hmm. next season. If he's coming off that contract and he's willing to take something cheaper to to come over to the Knicks in that off season, he might be a good mentor to have on the roster. If he's still balling out. Yo, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against that if he can come for a cheap deal. You you made 150 mil in just this last contract alone. Mm-hmm. Shoot, you don't need to you don't need no crazy money. I wouldn't be surprised within this decade, multiple all-stars on the tail end of their careers play for the Knicks just off the chance that they could probably win a championship ring at the end of their career. I wouldn't be mm-hmm. surprised. You you get what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't be surprised yep. if Chris Paul was here. I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy Butler was here after his contract with, with the Miami Heat. I, I it's just it wouldn't surprise me because Randall's 26, RJ's 20, Quickly's young. Like these guys is young. Like this is built to last a long mm-hmm. time. And the one thing that I love about this roster, we got a guy from the current generation. And I'm talking about RJ Barrett. So Seven, eight years from now, somebody's going to want to come and join R.J. Barrett in New York. I don't know who, but he looked like he has a lot of respect from his peers. So mm-hmm. hopefully that'll happen, bro. <laughs> hopefully, bro. Hopefully. But um, let, let me get you. Let me let you get out of here, man. I know we've been talking for a while long. Um, I appreciate you coming on the pod, bro. Uh, Anytime, bro. Time. Yes, man. Um, 
And we're going to do this like a verse for a verse. You definitely can pull up to the channel and we'll chop it up. Yo, anytime, bro. Anytime, bro. I already told you. Anytime you ask me to pull up, bro, I definitely pull up, bro. Anytime. I don't care yeah. if I'm at work. I got my scrubs on, the hat. It <laughs> don't matter, bro. Dead serious. I'm dead pull up, bro. Dead serious. Um, Tell the people where they can find you at. Um, tell the people what you got coming out next. And, you know, last words for the people, man. Yeah, you can check out the channel on YouTube. It's Sports Vibes uh, Space TV. Not the word space, the actual space. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and also, I got a few videos coming out today. We had a live stream. We had uh, JD from JD Sports Talk and uh, George from Into the Knicks First. They pulled up and we had a pretty good Knicks roundtable preview in the playoffs. Uh, so you can check out the channel for editors and live stream Knicks content, Giants content. I also do a little bit of UFC. You watch UFC? Yeah, I'm starting to watch that. I'm getting old. Bro, you watched the fights yesterday or nah? Nah, not yesterday. I watched the fights Just last week. crazy, bro. Them. Usually the fights come on on ESPN at like two, three in the morning, and that's my mm -hmm. time in the morning. So I usually just watch them randomly. I don't really know makes the sense. Names, but yes, <laughs> I do watch. It's a brutal. It's a brutal sport. Yeah. I seen a guy get punched. He gets the sweat punched off his face. <laughs> yeah, that's Masvidal. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yo, Uzman violated him. Uzman. That's the that's the strong African guy. Mm-hmm. Ball head. Yep. Who's the other guy who got the like yeah, you got you... The, the, the the um the army haircut? Black dude. Ngano. You got Ngano. You got Francis Ngano, and then you got uh Adesanya. Bruh, that guy's built like a, a toy. <laughs> <laughs> like an action figure. He's built like an action figure, bro. He... Facts. <laughs> but but yo, man, um, it was good talking to you, bro, man. I appreciate the time that you gave to the pod, man. Um, Once again, thanks for inviting me, bro. I really appreciate it. Yo, man, anytime, man. Good laughs. I'm definitely gonna have you again on the pod. Um, sometime I'm, I'm gonna have you on the pod after we get out this first round. I want to see if we can get out the first round. Then we are gonna have another conversation because that's when the confidence gonna start building. And yeah, I'm, that's we gonna get real swaggy on this. Oh Stop yeah, that's, that's beating our chest. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's a fact. We have to make a trip to Philly real quick. <laughs> but man, it, it was good talking to you, man. Nick Nation, uh, I appreciate y'all listening. It's your boy State, episode one hundred and forty-three, State of New York Nick podcast. I'm out of here. Had my guy Sports Vibes TV. In the building. Peace.